0: Remarkable accomplishments are happening every day on the Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College campuses, from faculty instruction and research to student projects and community involvement. CMU Now is a new monthly segment on the KAFM Community Affairs Hour, where we interview faculty, athletic coaches, and students to keep you up to date on all things CMU and WCCC. I'm Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host David Ludlum, and we'll have two guests on the show today. And our first guest is Western Colorado Community College Director of Student Services, Kelly Roos. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for
1: having me. Thanks for being on.
0: Yeah, thanks for making the time to come down and chat with us and fill our KAFM listeners in on what's happening over at WCCC.
1: Yes. I'd love to talk about what we're doing.
0: Great. Well, let's jump right in. So I know you've worked at both CMU and WCCC since starting out, I think, about 2015. And you've worked in that time at the CMU Testing Center, on the team that um, introduced the integrated student services model at CMU, and you're now the director of our student services at WCCC. So it seems like the focus of your work has always been on directly helping students succeed kind of outside of the classroom. So, what's driven you to want to work so closely with students, kind of getting the show started with getting to know you a little bit better?
1: Yeah, so um, I am a a student. I am now a graduate, but I took about ten years off from when I graduated high school from when I finally decided to go back and get my own education. And I had started out um, a couple of times and just didn't follow through, didn't make it through. and looking back, I can see that there's um, a few different reasons why, for me personally, why that didn't happen. And um, and a lot of that is because I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't know who to go to for help. And so um, once I did kind of figure out the, the uh, process, um, it was really important for me to then help other people, especially within our community, um, to be able to achieve those dreams and um, go on to the next level, you know, whatever that is. Understanding that that's a it's a huge range of different goals that we have um, from people, students in our community, whether those are um, our high school students, traditional age college students, or um, adult learning students that are going back, like me, you know, <laughs> after taking their gap decade. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, helping out students and just being a, a first um, response person available to those students who I'm actually working one-on-one with them and talking to them and just helping answer their questions. It, it made me, you know, it, it reminds me of where I started out mm-hmm. and, you know, wishing I had somebody that or I'd been, you know, wise enough to ask the questions that I had. I'm sure there was people there for it, but, um, that has definitely driven me, uh, throughout my work.
2: Nice. So it sounds like that the challenges that you faced are what makes you good at what you do in terms of being able to connect with students in, in a in an authentic way one on one and help them through the process
1: i like I like to think so and yeah. I think that you know we have tons of different types of students and different people that we serve at WCCC and CMU and you know and i'm I'm just one person with one story I think that um, what's a really great strength of our university the community college um, staff and and faculty is that if one person isn't the right person for you, there's tons of other people that are the right person that have um, kind of a similar background, no matter what your background is. Um, But absolutely, I definitely feel like I can connect with some students. Um, A lot of times I've talked to students and they're like, well, you know, I'm I'm 27 now and I'm not sure about coming back. I'm like, nope, you should do it. You know that this time is going to pass. If you have a dream and education is the step to get you there, um, do it. Do it
2: so kelly i think for people for listeners that don't necessarily know a lot about higher education they might hear your title that includes quote student services mm-hmm. and and that sounds like a catch-all phrase um but it, it it means something specific and i think we've already kind of covered that and that you work with students one-on-one but what does that look like what kind of things do you help them with what kind of processes do you help them with and what does that what does that look like when you're actually kind of on a day-to-day basis
1: yeah, so Caitlin mentioned um, that I was part of the team that um, brought in the integrated services model at, we call it IRIS, at um, CMU and WCCC. Um, but for me, I'm super excited to have been a part of that. And um, part of what um, I was charged to do as I came over to WCCC was to provide an integrated service. So what that means, I think um, a lot of people who have any kind of college experience can kind of relate to this feeling of, so if you want a specific help with, let's say, financial aid, you're going to go to the financial aid office and you'll stand in that line. And then you'll come to, maybe then you need to register. So you're going to go to your advisor or the registrar's office and you'll stand in that line. And I think that that's a a pretty typical experience for many college students. Um, The thing that CMU and WCCC does differently with their integrated services is that we serve students in registration, um, financial aid, help students with their student account um, and really advising them through um, their whole college career. And so um, for me, being able to just have a place where someone can go and say, I'm having a problem. And I also find that students don't always know, like, where's the right person that I'm supposed to go to? And that in itself is kind of scary and paralyzing for students. And so for me, it's, um, you know, people can come to me and say, I'm having a problem. Here's what's happening. And then we're able to work backwards one-on-one with those students and say, okay, so there's a couple of things happening here. And not only that, we've identified what the problem is, but we can take care of it here in the, in one place, as opposed to sending you to that, you know, next place to stand in line. Um, we don't do that. So for me, um, also I have a history in hospitality. So it's almost like a um, service focused base um, for cust- for student services. I mean, that is definitely where my mindset is always. It's going to be how do how is the student's problem that they that they're experiencing? How can we help solve that? And how is that going to impact maybe some of these other um, spaces in their student life? So, um, kind of understanding those factors and knowing who those additional resources are. Um, I like to do that work for the student. I'm going to reach out and say, okay, here's here's what this person said, and give them that holistic service. And so, for me, student services really is um, emphasizing service to our students,
0: okay. Well, you are listening to CMU Now on KAFM Community Affairs. And our first guest today is Western Colorado Community College Director of Student Services, Kelly Roos. So we've already kind of touched base on how WCCC serves a wide array of students, everyone from high school students to traditional age college students to adult students and adult learners. Um, But can you maybe talk to us a little bit about the breadth of programs at WCCC? Because I would envision that each one of those types of students have a very different path in front of them. So can you just talk a little bit about how WCCC maybe serves those students and any student success stories that come to mind?
1: Absolutely. So WCCC, um, a lot of our programs, the majority of our programs are hands-on. They are the technical uh, programs of CMU. So it's still a CMU. Students that um, go to WCCC, when they graduate, they're going to get their transcript and their diploma from CMU. Um, So I think some people are confused about that a little bit. Um, But On our campus, we have we have a huge range of different types of um, programs and majors that students are in. Um, We've got early childhood education. We've got digital filmmaking. um, We've got manufacturing jobs like weld or you know programs like welding and machining. Um, So you can see that there's a pretty large space um, of types of students and um, interests that we we cover. so within those, uh I would say that I'm sorry, go back and say tell me <laughs> well, I'm wandering here. Yeah. Well I
2: have an extension of Caitlin's uh-huh. question. I think yeah. um, put me you back can on track, please. And, <laughs> yeah, so we'll get you. You know, there's a lot of high school students, I think, in the Grand Valley who, while they're in high school are, are also taking classes that give them college credit and yes. it's called concurrent enrollment. Yes. But you think about with how busy people are and the schedules that families face, like why would why would high school kids want to take concurrent enrollment or earn college credit while they're still in high school? What's that all about? Tell sure. us about that program.
1: So um, once I came on to WCCC is the first time I was really um, understanding as much about concurrent enrollment. And um, concurrent enrollment is – A fabulous opportunity. I'm so sad that I didn't have that opportunity when I was in high school, but um, just like David was saying, it is an opportunity for students to get both college credit and complete their high school requirements at the same time. So that's where that term concurrent is coming from. Um, Right now, we're kind of in the middle of this a really exciting time on our campus and what we always refer to as sophomore tours. And so, um, right now, as we speak, we have um, one of the Valley High School's um, sophomore, a group of sophomore students, and every single sophomore in District 51 will come through uh, WCCC and see what uh, programs are set up. And these are designed specifically for high school students, they um, go along with the District 51 schedule. We have bus service from each of the four main high schools to get students from their main high school over to our campus. And so they're doing programs that are going to build foundations for multiple uh, long-term goals that they may have. Um, But again, we're going to be looking at a lot of technical things. We're looking at, you know, we've got students that are going to go into STEM that may be ultimately looking to become engineers. We've got students that are going to go into culinary, and maybe they're going to go into hospitality management ultimately. Um, we have some new programs this year. One is um, specifically for agriculture, and one is for early childhood education to allow um, high school students to kind of get a jump start on some of those long-term interests that they have. All of these credits, again, go, they're earned credits. If When the student completes the class, they've got the credit on their transcript, and that's can go to... Um, WCCC, CMU, or any other place that they want to go. And in fact, we have um, 100, I want to say 170, I'm not 100% sure on that, but about 170 students last year earned technical certificates um, before they graduated high school. And so they had that credit on their name as they're going through. Um, now that's the one that happens on CMUs cam- or excuse me wCCC's campus however concurrent enrollment um, can encompass several opportunities we have um, students that are taking what we call essential learning classes and people might know them kind of as gen ed type classes so your English your math maybe a US history um, Students have the opportunity to take those classes, again, for college credit. That's also going to work towards their high school graduation requirements and get those done at the same time um, with a huge cost savings to them. The district pays for the tuition for these courses. Um, so families and the students are not paying for the classes that they're taking.
2: So the concurrent is free?
1: It's, it, so some some types of concurrent enrollment, we call one called early scholars. So those are students that are going to actually go to CMU and take CMU courses. They have course fees that they are responsible for, but the tuition is paid. Wow! Some of our other programs don't require any payment of course fees. Um, some do. Maybe require you to purchase a book. Um, it kind of depends on the different program that you're doing. But one of the great things about our program and what we do is that we have a very strong connection to the District 51. Um, group of team that's running the admin as well as our counselors. And the high school counselors um, are really well-versed in the opportunities for concurrent enrollment. So we make sure that they understand what's required of each type of concurrent enrollment. So they're a great resource for any student who's maybe interested but not sure how to get started.
0: Yeah. Well, great. Well, that is a lot of, I think, wonderful information, and I think it's a valuable resource for our community. And with that, we're already out of our end of our time today with you. So if our listeners are interested, whether it's maybe they've got a high schooler at home, um, that they are interested in concurrent enrollment, or maybe they want to come back and take um, classes as an adult student learner, kind of what's the contact information or where should they head for more information?
1: Well, I always recommend reaching out to my department, Student Services at Western Colorado Community College or the IRIS Department at... Um, CMU, again, if you have a question, we're the great we're great people to ask about those questions. But also, um, please um, feel free to look at our website. We've kind of updated um, the concurrent enrollment website um, to give more information about that subject, but there's also any program information about WCCC specific information on the WCCC website. And um, the CMU website is always a wealth of information as well.
0: Great. And that CMU website is coloradomesa.edu, or you can also go to wccc.coloradomesa.edu for information on WCCC. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Good to have
1: you. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Well, don't go anywhere because we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with the Department Head of Teacher Education, Dr. Blake Bickham. Welcome back to CMU Now, a monthly show where we talk about the remarkable work happening at Colorado Mesa University and Western Colorado Community College. We'd like to welcome our second guest today, Department Head of Teacher Education, Dr. Blake Beckham. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi. How's it going?
3: Good. Thanks for being here. Thank you.
2: Well, hey, I wanted to jump right in and uh, ask you about your teaching experience. I I noticed that you have taught at the graduate level uh, as well as a high school level. But interesting you've also interestingly you've also taught overseas particularly Uzbekistan and Mexico which seems sort of, you know, to be vastly different teaching environments. Tell us a little bit about how you arrived at each of those locations and how that has helped make you a better professor at CMU.
3: Okay, sure. Uh, well, uh, I'd say one of the things I always say to people if they're interested in teaching or thinking about becoming teachers is that teaching's literally taking me taken me all over the world. So it's just a a great profession and career and a great way to impact people's lives and I got into teaching really through a passion for English and literature and then that's what got me into teaching and then just really loving making connections with students and uh, and then just enjoying teaching is what's kept me in teaching so specifically uh, you know I grew up in Texas near uh, Houston, and when I was finishing a master's degree in English, I got a job in Miami, Florida, which is mm-hmm. not some place I would have had planned on living or thought about living, and and moved to uh, Miami and taught high school there. And after five years of teaching in high school English, uh, my wife and I disca- decided to join the Peace Corps. So we kind of wanted to have one last hurrah I guess before settling down with family and so on and so we we joined the Peace Corps uh, we said we'll go anywhere and we we'll, are both English teachers so we signed on to be English teachers and and we were uh, sent to Uzbekistan so uh, Central Asia a former Soviet country uh, had been independent for about 10 years when we were there and I taught <clears throat> Excuse me. I taught at the university level teaching students that were essentially English majors and a lot of those students thought they would become translators or something like that but most of them ultimately would just end up as teachers and so it was my first taste of teacher education was working over there and after that experience I we moved back to Houston and I had a job teaching English to international students so still teaching English and through the University of Houston, I had the opportunity to teach employees of oil and gas company in Mexico who were wanting to uh, gain stronger English skills so they could attend graduate school at the University of Houston. So that was a very different kind of one-off one week sure. one week experience versus a Peace Corps immersion in Uzbek and Uzbek culture. So,
2: well, so you were able to teach in a place where freedom was relatively new less than 10 years new Uh, as a humanities guy uh, who's kind of studied the evolution of of freedom in some Mm -hmm. ways did that experience has that made you a better professor at CMU in terms of being able to impart the importance of the humanities to your students and and into the community
3: I think in general it just it just teaching in a different environment like that is about flexibility and I'm teaching teachers so it's a it's different, maybe, than some of the other uh, programs. You, I'm modeling for them what they'll be doing. I think most, I guess, we're all doing that as professors. But all of this experience teaching in all these different environments, teaching different students, teaching uh, and adapting to different environments and different places is what teaching's all about. And working with individual students who are different and coming from different places, and so that was just a particularly. Sure not exaggerated, but I guess a particularly uh, different experience, kind of dramatically different yep. experience teaching students that were from a completely different culture.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you are listening to CMU now on KAFM Community Affairs. And our second guest today is Department Head of Teacher Education, Dr. Blake Bickham. So you were able to travel the world, have kind of, you as you said, your last hurrah before settling down. But what brought you to CMU in Grand Junction? I'd be curious to hear that story.
3: Well I went back to school and and earned my doctorate degree from the University of Houston and focused on teacher education and th- that experience actually in Uzbekistan is a, a big reason why that I had that experience there both working with uh, students of Uzbekistan but also other Peace Corps volunteers who had maybe never taught before and I thought you know I'd like to I'd like to make a different kind of impact with teaching and that was to to teach teachers and and there was a job here in Grand Junction, and so I uh, we moved here in 2007. Mm-hmm. We were still Mesa State at that point, but mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, uh, for most of my time here, I I was here to to coordinate our secondary education program and work with the students who are going to be middle or high school teachers.
0: Great,
2: Dr. Bickham. Anybody that's following the headlines these days has probably heard references to this this teacher shortage, which I think. Um, most states and are experiencing, and, and at the national level, um, do you see kind of what you're doing here at CMU as is contributing to alleviating that shortage? And, and how do we get there? What what are we doing at CMU to help ease that teacher shortage in our country?
3: Well, I hope we are. Obviously, we're we're making an impact and just continuing to to do our good work and and to 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 uh, graduate teachers. The I would say at CMU that the the best news is that we haven't felt the shortage with our enrollments too much. Mm-hmm. Some of the some other institutions have also seen a decline in enrollments in teacher education, so not only a shortage of teachers, but a shortage of people who want to be teachers. And luckily we haven't been impacted by that mm-hmm. too much at at Colorado Mesa University. We, we've been able to continue to attract uh, students, w- we've stayed relatively flat when others have gone down. We've we've continued sort of at our same pace of about seventy-five to one hundred teachers a year, mm-hmm. and and we are uh, w- one of the ways that we've we've done that is that we have a, a graduate program that's a post baccalaureate program that attracts people who are maybe second third career or maybe have just finished their bachelors and then realize. Well, maybe teaching's a good option for me. And so we have a, a graduate program that is a traditional licensed program, but is for people that already have bachelor's degrees and they can get a certificate with us, start teaching, and then continue in with twelve more hours and get a master's degree. And so I feel like that's been a big reason that would we've been able to 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 to, to stay at that, that steady number.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. And I know that with our Center for Teacher Education, that it is one of our more popular departments. And like you said, you haven't seen a decline in enrollment, which is great to hear. And I know that within your department, you've got everything from the certificates to degrees at the undergraduate level, at the initial teacher licensor level, the graduate level. So can you maybe talk to us about a few of the more popular programs or one that you think may are really important for our community to hear about?
3: Well, the the program I was just discussing is is a different kind of program because it's for people that are, are are thinking about being teachers, but they already have a degree. So I think that's that's a good place to start, and we have an elementary uh, version of that. So if someone wanted to be an elementary teacher, they wanted to work in the middle or high school, we have programs for English, math, science, social studies, Spanish, um, and and uh, and then we also have a, a PE option mm-hmm. for those. So that, that's one good place to start. And those are graduate programs. Uh those programs really reflect and mirror what we do at the undergraduate program as well. So for current students or people that are that are seeking a bachelor's degree, we have those pathways to uh early childhood, elementary, secondary, and uh PE, music, art, all of those mm-hmm. programs are pretty common. So um, for current educators, we have graduate programs for principal license. So if someone was interested in becoming a principal, uh, we have a, a, a license program for that. And we also have, uh, going back to teacher shortages, there's always a very high need for special education, and we have a graduate program for special education that leads to that license as well. Okay.
0: Right.
2: So, I'm almost certain that right now, there's a listener in their car who, at one time or another in their life, has contemplated going back and getting an advanced degree. But making that leap in the face of you know other things going on in life can be intimidating. Uh, but I think you know, as you've kind of conveyed today, te- you know, teaching is a calling. And um, what would you say to that person who might be thinking about wanting to advance their career, wanting to go back to school, get an advanced degree? You know, what would you say to that person who's thinking about it?
3: I would say to give us a call. I think it's always good to talk to find out what the realities of the program are, rather than maybe imagining what they might be. Or talk talk to us talk to talk to someone in our department about the program about what the commitment is. Uh, we, if if you're a current educator and you're trying to Take that next step towards another license, another endorsement, or to get that master's degree. We are—that's what we're built for. We we have summer; the the courses are summer and uh, heavy, and then also weekends heavy. So they're built for teachers. They're built for people that have full-time teaching jobs. Those graduate programs. So I just think it's a uh, uh, just to 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 give us a phone call, and or send us an email and try to get a one-on-one conversation with one of our faculty members.
2: Well I want to put you on the spot here. Uh, we often hear about sort of the humanities being in in sort of a decline. As a as a humanities guy, can you make the case for why English and anthropology and history and teaching, why these things are important?
3: Well for me it's about people and relationships and that's what teaching's about. We we talk to our students, they they come in to our program specifically, they're majoring in those other fields. So even the math and science uh, people, they're majoring in that field. And then they're coming to teaching because they want to make an impact. They want to build relationships. They they And so it's really about communication and relationships and people telling their stories and, and, and having a story for their life. And so I, I think that's like i said that's what's kept me in it and i think that's what keeps people in teaching is is that human side that that connection to other people we've had people come back from a lot of different kinds of jobs to become teachers because they weren't getting that people connection that they that they needed well said Great.
0: Well, if any of our listeners are interested in reaching out for more information, can you kind of give us a quick rundown of maybe a phone number, website or kind of how they should get a hold of you?
3: That that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. The the I'll start with a phone number, 970-248-1618 and if you can leave a message there uh, or you'll get a chance to talk to one of our admin and they'll be able to get you connected depending what your interest is to the right person to talk to. We also have an email, programs at Mesa.edu. So that's G-R-A-D-P-R-O-G-R-A-M-S at coloradomesa.edu. Or if you just want to go look around on our website, coloradomesa.edu slash teachered, we'll get you to our homepage, and you can navigate on the left side for our different programs.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much again, Dr. Pickman, for coming in and giving us a rundown on the Center for Teacher Education and um, taking the time out of your busy schedule. Yeah, okay. thank
3: you. Thanks for having me.
0: Great. Well, this segment airs on the second Tuesday of each month on KAFM Community Radio. You can also listen to a podcast of today's show at kfmradio.org. I'm your host, Caitlin Birdsall, along with my co-host, David Ludlam, and we'll be back next month for another edition of CMU Now on the Community Affairs Hour.
1: Uh-huh.